When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. And welcome in to, uh, well, I got my Victory Monday hooded sweatshirt on here, boys. It's technically a Victory Black Friday. Yes, it And is. if you want your Victory Monday hooded sweatshirt or your fourth quarter, Mr. Fourth Quarter Comeback hooded sweatshirt on this Black Friday, uh, we might as well put a shameless plug out right away for scorenorth.com slash shop where everything is 15% off today. And today is a celebratory day for Vikings fans. Oh, by the way, promo code uh, Black Friday, all one word, and everything on the shop, scorenorth.com slash shop is 15% off. Um, shout out to our friends at TCL, one of the world's best selling consumer electronics brands. I uh, saw a couple people send in uh, their tweets about watching that game, the back-and-forth ridiculous game we saw last night on their TCL TVs. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Uh, who gets the, the celebratory cheers of, of a surly tall boy, a can of Before I Die from last night, Judd? You know what? There are so many candidates, and that's why it's a very good thing that with Surly Brewing, there are so many choices. You got a Before I Die. You got a Logic Bomb. You got a Furious. I could go down the line, but everybody gets something. They're all different. And yes, you are correct. The Before I Die mission took another step towards completion with a ninth victory last night. Our friends at Surly Brewing, I think they knew what they were doing when they jumped on board the Before I Die bandwagon. They saw genius coming from this show, and yes. they said, "That's what that's that's a movement yeah. right there." We got to be involved. <laughs> yep. So, all right, we have a lot to get to here. Judd has not slept all night. He has been up writing for Vikings Wire and carving and cooking ingredients for a pie chart of praise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll get exactly. to that. Uh, but Dex, let's let's start with you and then go to Judd because we your your uh your st- hottest strongest Viking statement was kind of hijacked by it was a guest last night, but I, it's a good place to start. So you start us off with your hottest strongest Vikings take here. Okay, so a little bit of a scripted play. Obviously, we know what's coming here, <laughs> but uh, but 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 still, you still got to march down the field and score. So I'll I'll give you my hottest take, and it's this: there is not a single quarterback I want more in the fourth quarter this season than Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has been one of the best quarterbacks when it matters most in the fourth quarter. Yesterday, against the Patriots alone, who, by the way, by the way, are coached by probably the best NFL coach of all time in Bill Belichick. And that defense is probably one of the best, if not the best defenses in the NFL this season. 
Kirk yesterday in the fourth, seven of nine for 71 yards, one touchdown, a passer rating of 136. That is near a perfect passer rating. And that's just not a fluke, right? Like you might say, oh, that was just that was one off deck one. Like he's been okay in the fourth quarter this season. Uh, oh, contraire. He's actually been still very good deep in the red zone in this season and even in the fourth quarter. Uh, he's got five touchdowns and two picks, according to Pro Football Reference this season. He has a 92 passer rating. He has figured out ways, even when he maybe throws a bad pass, like he did again yesterday to K.J. Osborne. That hasn't shipwrecked him. Old Cousins, that shipwrecks him. The Kirk Chains doesn't just come back on, right? Like, he, he, there was a kryptonite built into that own Superman that was Kirk Cousins that was sabotaging himself. Instead, what we're seeing this year is a guy who, when this team has trailed a lot entering the fourth quarter, has still made some big-time dagger throws. And there isn't a quarterback, and I know I watch the Vikings every single week, and I don't watch enough NFL as a whole, but what I have seen from Kirk Cousins is the best quarterback in the fourth quarter this season. Fight. I love how Declan at the end admits, like, I haven't watched any other no. NFL quarterbacks, yeah. but I would take Kirk Cousins. Joe, what do you make of six comebacks in the fourth quarter this season? I make of this situation this. It's incredibly impressive. And Declan's right. I mean, Kirk Cousins has been a key part, as, as of course, has uh, has the outstanding young man, future Hall of Famer now, I think it's safe to say, Justin Jefferson. Uh, Kirk Cousins gets a ton of credit, though. I, I mean, he is... Um, Three years ago, he couldn't lead two. And so as far as the fourth quarter comebacks go, he gets full credit. Now, would I, do I want him more than any other quarterback? I'd have to give that a lot more thought, and the answer is probably no. I, I think I could probably get a um, – I could probably come up with a list that Kirk would be on for 2022 that he might not lead. But you know what? Why rain on the parade? I mean, he has done a fantastic job, and – the, the amount of confidence that this guy has shown in, in the face of adversity at times is really, really impressive. So while he might not be my top choice, I am not discounting what this season's Kirk Cousins has done. And there was a time where if you had come to me and said, okay, Judd, in the year 2022, he is going to have led, have led in progress six comebacks. I'd be left in the fourth quarter. I'd be like, oh, what? you are... You are doing drugs, Declan. Yeah. You well, are on drugs. Um, and so I am prepared to admit that this is damn impressive. And he's he's doing it against some of the best pressure defenses in the NFL. His his last three fourth-quarter comebacks are against the Washington Commanders, who might actually be a playoff team by the time this is all said and done. Yep. That's one of the five best pressure defenses in the league, road game, at Buffalo. That game was crazy for a million reasons, um, but Kirk stood tall and just kept throwing the ball down the field, chunking the ball down the field to Justin Jefferson, one of the best defenses in the league. And then New England was, I think they're kind of going back and forth with Dallas statistically as the best sack and pressure defense in the league. And again, last night, I, I would like to see him get rid of some of these bad interceptions that he's throwing, but much like the 2021 version of Matthew Stafford, if if the trade-off for throwing a few more interceptions is you get all these bigger plays down the field over the top, you're you're hunting for your best weapon. In the case of Matthew Stafford, it was I'm just gonna find Cooper Cup all the time. And and later in the season, OBJ all the time. And I'm gonna sacrifice some interceptions to do that. But the upside, the the net profit, so to speak, is gonna be much greater than 
the more conservative check down. Oh, they're bracketing Justin Jefferson. Oh, they're just straight up double teaming Justin Jefferson. That's an unsafe throw. It's not an unsafe throw. And the, I think the best part about what Kirko Chains is realizing here, he is one of the most, when given protection, accurate quarterbacks. And so he can throw passes into smaller windows to Justin Jefferson than a lot of other quarterbacks are able to. I think he's surprising himself with some of these throws. Like, oh, God, oh, God, this is this is tight coverage, but coach wants me to throw it. You know, close my eyes. Oh, bad things don't always happen. And so, again, last night he throws that interception, sails that pass, looked like it was a huge momentum swinger. They come back, they score on their next five offensive possessions, and he hunted even more aggressively after the interception. The interception was to KJ, but... He then spent the rest of the game saying, bleep it, I'm chunking the ball down the field to one of the best wide receivers in Vikings history, if not the best, when it's all said and done. So mm-hmm. I just I, I love his resilience. I love that he is he's like a closer that flushes the home run that he gave up last night. You like you know? that? You like that? So um, we can come back to Kirk. I'm sure he will show up in the pie chart, I would think. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Judd, what's your hottest, strongest Viking statement? Before I get to that, can we do one thing, which I was unable to do in the press box last night because it would have been completely unprofessional. Oh, by all means. But now that I'm at home, let's... Stella, 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 give me the flag. flag. There it is. There it is. (laughs) Great job. You get your neutral source, I get my flag. There it is. All right. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Can't wave it in the press box, but uh, there is the flag. Yeah, they'll kick you, kick you right out of the press box. Yeah, and well, they should probably. All right, so here is my hottest, strongest Vikings take. This was and will be Kevin O'Connell's best single game coaching job of the season. Mm-hmm. This was Kevin O'Connell's. So they have nine wins. They've banked nine wins. They will win more games. There's no question about it. But this was his best coaching job of his rookie season, and this was a test, and he passed it with flying colors. We can debate the game. We could talk, and we will. We could pick apart the defense. There are certainly flaws. There have been all season. Flaws are nothing new. In fact, in this league, there are flaws constantly. But four days after getting your asses kicked, they got their lunch handed to them by Dallas, 37-point loss, which with almost any team uh, is going to raise doubts publicly and internally. You got beat by 37 points at home. Dallas is good. They ain't that good. Um, And four days after that, Bill Belichick and the Patriots come calling. National TV game, questions about your quarterback in prime time, questions now about are you flat-out frauds. You might be a playoff team, but, but we think you're frauds. And there were a lot of people prepared to say, you know what, Patriots beat them too. You see, they're complete frauds. And Kevin O'Connell not only came up with a game plan, which, by the way, showed had the game plan against Dallas, I think we can all agree, was very flawed, almost surprisingly, and the adjustments were surprisingly few. But they came out yesterday, quick-hitting passing game to try and get get away from the pressure. You were down to your fourth-string right cornerback and a left tackle who was a massive step down, and yet you schemed also against Belichick. So Kevin O'Connell, flat out, just from a coaching standpoint, forget the mental stuff, outcoached Bill Belichick. Wow. The Vikings haven't yes, beaten Bill Belichick that. since his first year in 2000 when Denny Green beat him. Since then, it was all losses. 
Uh, this is Kevin O'Connell's best coaching job, and this is another notch for him about the fact that this guy can just flat-out coach, both from a preparation standpoint mentally and also game plan-wise. This, to me, was incredibly impressive. Yeah, it was. It actually, well, I might as well just unleash my statement here because then we can just have a Kevin O'Connell conversation. So I'm trying to I'm trying to flesh this out into like a top ten list, and I just want to make sure my math is right here. Uh, I'm going to give you. So here's my here's my statement. Here's my hottest Viking take. I think Kevin O'Connell is one of the five best head coaches in the NFL right now. Not just off last night's game. I mean, if I had to rank the NFL coaches based on who do I want preparing for the next week to maximize my team. He is one of the five guys I would choose. And just kind of scribbling this together, like, in my own thoughts right now, um, the guys I would put, if, if all right, who are the top five along with him? So, KOC, give me Andy Reid. This isn't an all-time list, by the way, because Bill Belichick would be number one. I'm saying if, there's a, if you have a game coming up in a week or right. a bye week, you have two weeks to prepare. Who do you want game planning right now? Andy Reid, Kevin O'Connell. I know that his team has gone off the rails because of injuries and stuff, but Sean McVay would be on my list. Mm-hmm. John Harbaugh and Mike Vrabel are the five that I have right now. Honorable mentions, Nick Sirianni is doing a hell of a job in Philadelphia. Pete Carroll is having a resurgence, just putting together a group of young defenders and stuff. Um, Mike Tomlin's always going to be kind of on that list somewhere, and Bill Belichick, but that was such an unprepared team. The The, the talk... For the short week, right? And we were talking about this, too. And I, I thought that the chess match would be won by Bill Belichick. Okay, I get 72 hours, basically, to prepare for a football game. Bill Belichick is going to have an edge. But his team was committing dumb penalties. Uh, there was a couple head-scratching play calls in there, too. Just making mistakes. So, uh, Mike McDaniel probably in this conversation. Maybe Brian Dable with what he's done. But that the shine has worn off a little bit. So, give me Andy Reid. Sean McVay, John Harbaugh, Mike Vrabel, Kevin O'Connell, right now as my five coaches I would want preparing for a game six days from now. I think I think last night put him on that list because I, I had a lot of questions about that. You got beat by 37 points. Your game plan was suspect. Short weeks are tough. They basically didn't practice. They, I think, essentially did two or three walkthroughs. And so I'm a lot more inclined to come to your your side of the fence off of what we saw last night being a a huge step there Uh, because when you have your team prepared to play and to come back from a loss that, I mean, there are some teams in this league now that that defeat would have seriously shaken them and set them back. And I don't know that they come back four days after and win. Mm -hmm. So I'm buying what you're selling. I was buying it going into last night, but I probably had a few more, a, a few more questions. Kevin O'Connell, and he's especially done this after the two defeats, is checking off boxes that I have questions about. Yeah, if that Check makes those sense. Boxes. Check those off, boxes. He's checking off those boxes because it's like, okay, adversity hits. What are you going to do? You get punched in the face. What are you going to do? And the responses so far off off a loss to the. Eagles in week two, and then the long win streak, and then you get your ass kicked, and you come back, and you do that? Damn impressive. It is. 
does it uh to what extent does it render the Cowboys game less relevant? I mean it still exists. It's still right. in the realm of things that can happen to your team cuz right. cuz cuz you showed it, right? Yep. It boxes it up to me. It puts it in the box. Like before it was the it it had become the potential like what's this going to do to your team? Have you completely been exposed? Lots of things. Um a 37 point loss is not going away. But what it is now is I think it's boxed up and it's in the closet. You put it in before it was out there like your dog had taken a crap in the middle of the room. My, uh, and no one had cleaned my, it up. Yeah, Stella, what, what are you doing? What did you do? Vinny. Stella, Stella, what are you doing? That's a 30, Vincent. That's a 37 that's point loss. That's a 37 point loss for my carpet. Uh, but now I feel like it at least has been. In, in fact, you know what? Here's the perfect phrase for that. It's been flushed. So, yeah. like, you still know the dog crapped. You're a little bit concerned about it, but you flushed it. Yes. So, you've, now, you've now taught the dog to somehow poop in the toilet. I, it, I have seen TikTok videos where some oh, dogs are it, trained to do that. Very weird. Stella would flip me off immediately. But anyway, yeah, the, and the bowl, the bowl is probably too the the, the no, radius no, is probably too wide for Stella's. Yeah. I don't know how she was. It's a hole. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a whole, whole engineering thing. Be doing that. Plus, she wants to go outside. I, yeah. I will say too about O'Connell. I'm a huge and Kirk still. I think does struggle with this a little bit. But I'm a oh, big hater. time. Here comes here yeah, comes here the comes. hater. Here comes yeah. a little backhanded backhanded Zolgad Junior over here with a little yeah. compliment. Nice work. Um, I'm a big body language guy, and Kevin O'Connell. When you watch him on the sidelines, always just has great body language. He looks engaged. He is high-fiving people when things are going right. When Kirk Cousins is maybe making a throw or missed throw, he goes over and has a conversation with them right away. There's no ignoring it. There's no yeah. hands on the shoulders, and now I'm all frustrated because that toy didn't go my way. He is locked in and loaded, and I, I love that. I'm a humongous body language dude, and that dude just always is looking like he's engaged and locked in, and that's what I love to see about him too. Yeah, he is. He's not He's not like fake positive guy. I think he's mm-hmm. he's just very much him. And his his personality seems to, him. and who knows, everyone's got a shelf life, some kind, but he seems to have the full attention of the locker room, and he seems to have a great idea for how to prep for games, and then he will he'll get it he'll get into guys during games as he needs to. So uh-huh. it's yeah, KOC. Uh, I forgot to mention Kyle Shanahan in this discussion, but he. Kyle Shanahan, I feel like, has shown you in some big games, and he's been in some games that KOC has not as a head coach. That there, although I guess the biggest game that Kyle Shanahan gets dinged for, he was an offensive coordinator in the Super Bowl, right? Because he was, yeah, uh, in the twenty-eight to three game. That's yes, uh, that's on his resume. Yes, so K- KOC didn't do that in a Super Bowl, but uh, he deserves some mention. So there you go. Those are your hottest, strongest Vikings takes here on this Black Friday edition of Purple Daily. Uh, Chef Judd, before you get into the carving of the pie here, you are an inspiration to everyone who tries to balance during the holiday season. Oh, I want to eat fun foods, but I also want to not, you know, gorge myself too much. There's a balance there. And Livia, I would assume, is sort of helping you with that balance. They absolutely have. And uh, to to the tune of, of a loss of 40 pounds. And then the best part is they also help you keep the weight off because that's the most important thing we've all lost weight before and guess what at least in my case i've gained it all back so what you want here is is and you know what thanksgiving was fun that's awesome but let's just say on monday you decide 
It's time to turn the page. You look in the mirror and you're like, self, it is time to turn the page. What I want to tell you right now is don't wait because right now you can save 50% off. It's their best offer of the year. 50% off a program that, again, is going to help you drop the weight pretty easily, I being truthful about this. And then it's going to help you keep the weight off. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A-LIVIA.COM. L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com. Guys, if you're at the point now where you're like, you know what, I don't want to keep gaining weight, and by spring I'd like my clothes to fit, Livia.com is your first step towards making that a reality. You know, there's nothing better than, you know, getting into your favorite Thanksgiving food spread and then sitting down for like 10 hours of football. Oh. The the only thing that can make it better is prize picks, the easy way to play daily fantasy. And now you got games over the weekend here, but you pick between two and five players and an over-under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times on any entry. And prize picks offers NFL, of course, but also NBA, mixed martial arts, PGA, every sport you can think of. You can run uh, multi-sport entries, for instance. Use the promo code NORTH on the prize picks app or prizepicks.com. That's promo code NORTH. And Price Picks will match your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. And when you use the promo code North, you're helping us because you're telling them, "Hey, I heard about you guys through my friends at Purple Daily or Score North." Price Picks Daily Fantasy made oh. easy. Okay. What is it? Now on Mackie and John. You wanted better charts that you could see the fine print on. The pie chart of praise. You should be singing his praises. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. All right, Chef Judd has been up all night. He just pulled the pie chart of praise out of the oven here. Yep. Ooh. How many slices are we are we carving this thing up in? Six slices of pie. Oh. All right. Delicious. Two, two for each of us. From mm-hmm. by the way, recency bias in play here, but I believe that this might have been the greatest Thanksgiving day of football that I've seen. That's a hot day. Ooh. The Lions game is often crap. It that is. was a great game. Oh, they almost had it, man. You know, if, if Dan Campbell, much like Kirk O'Chains, subs in for Kirk Cousins, if you could have like a brainiac time management coach sub in for Dan Campbell at the two minute warning or maybe the four minute mark. All right, hey, great job. You got everyone fired up for the yep. game here. It's close. Okay, we're gonna just kinda you're gonna still get to cheer. You're just gonna take the headset off, and then someone that actually knows what they're doing with game management is gonna take take over. What were they doing? I we I have no idea. It's one of the most bizarre things I've I've seen when it comes to Man, uh, yeah. management of the clock. It I mean PJ Fleck would have been like, dude, I I, I got Bravo. this one. Oh yeah, I got this one, Danny. I can do this. And PJ Fleck's awful with the clock. Anyway, yeah. Um. All right, six slices of uh, of pie. The Rock That's knows how you feel about pie. I will start at the bottom and work my way up, as we always do when it comes to the pie chart of praise or blame. 2% of the pie chart, just a small sliver, just a small bite, but it has to go to to this. Before we get into the real positives, um, 2% has to go to, thank you, New England Patriots, for your stupidity. You were, I mean... How Bill Belichick, I would not believe that Bill Belichick was coaching you unless I had the roster in front of me that said, New England, coach, Bill Belichick. You took stupid penalties. I mean, just incredibly stupid. And those were penalties. That's not luck. You were idiots. You you did so many things 
that helped to cost you that game. You probably deserve more than 2%, but it's what I'm giving you. 2% Patriots, you were great Thanksgiving guests. You got drunk and left everything here, <laughs> and then you went home. Well, they so they only committed six penalties, but I felt like all six were in these huge spots or, yes. you know, the, like the Vikings are about to be in a third and 20 or something, and then, you know, somebody will do something dumb or grab a face mask. So, yeah. Can I also, I don't know if you have this. Do you have the Hunter Henry thing in here? The, uh, no. That no. was another thing that it doesn't fall into your, like, stupidity category, but I'm still struggling to understand the Patriots' angst over the Hunter Henry call. Okay, so he's 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 falling over. Yeah. The ball, as he's catching it, the ball hits the ground, partially on his hand, partially on the ground, but then the ball, like, bobbles around. That's not yeah. a catch. I found the angst, though. Uh, so, someone put this on Twitter. There's a side-by-side of that play and a tra- Travis Kelsey identical touchdown in which he in which he completely lost the ball. But because for a, sp- a split second, he possessed it and hit the goal line, they called it a touchdown. Okay. Did he make a football move? He, ro- he did exactly what Hunter Henry did. He made this move. He, like, fell, spiked the ball with his hand like this off the ground. But the ball is on the goal line, and they said touchdown. I think okay. that's the angst. Right, that's fine. The Bill league Belichick's has no – they're making it, so. things up. That's my problem. There's no uniformity <laughs> yeah. to anything. There's like 5% of catches. They've, they've successfully defined 95 or 99% of catches, but the extra 1% or 3 or 5%, they're like, who knows? We don't, just, yeah. <laughs> whatever. Just, uh, just make a judgment call. Who cares? We don't know. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. Another small slice of pie, a small slice of pie for a very important play. And it comes from the punter. And it's not a play on which he actually, I care about his punt. Ryan Wright, you get a 3% slice of pie because with the score tied at 26 and the Vikings having flamed out on a possession and the game, again, it was tied, second half, very much in doubt, took one of the great dives. Sort of a, I would liken it to a Dino Cicerelli North Stars dive because it was old school when hockey guys used to just dive constantly. And, of course, at that time, there, there was no penalty for it. So the embellishment didn't exist. This was embellishment, but it was done brilliantly. It was sold brilliantly. And it was the Patriots, the guy that got near Ryan Wright was a moron. But nonetheless, Ryan Wright played a very pivotal role in turning the tide of that game. Because if the Patriots get that ball, it's not like the Vikings defense was consistently great. So Ryan Wright, 3% for doing a job that's not your job, but you deserve an Academy Award for it. You know, Ryan Wright might have a, a bone to pick, not because he deserved, like, more credit for the win, but he looks like a guy that wants more than 3% of the pie, right? He's going to probably ask for, can I just get 7%? I'm a big boy, all right? Yes. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to get by with just 3%. You know what? I, you know what? He gets a 3% slice of pie and a 12 or a Surly Furious. Okay, that works. Because he looks like he'd be happy with that. He, yes, I think he would be satisfied. Yeah. All right, so that's 3%. So we're at the 5% so far. So let's move our way up and get into some of the big hitters. 10% goes to the offensive line. The offensive line, four days after a just a terrible performance. And it was surprising 
because th- this line had been far superior from what we had seen the past two or three years. Uh, they came back with Blake Brandle at left tackle. And I don't care what you have to do to help him. You got through it. He gave up a sack, but I believe Kirk was sacked once, correct? Yes. If I'm not mistaken. And it was a Blake Brandle leaked sack. But nonetheless, that's a pretty damn good day. In my opinion, Kirk had time to throw. Um, we talked about in the, in the days leading up to this game, the fact that the Patriots brought a ton of pressure and were near the top of the league in sacks coming off a Dallas game in which the Vikings got completely exposed and done. 10%, the offensive line for preparation and execution. Uh, yeah, it just it, it hit all the makings of a train wreck offensive line performance on paper. I like that they went tight end heavy early just to set a tone because what happened against Dallas, the tone was set the other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we trust Christian Derrissaw on an island coming off a concussion against Micah Parsons. Oh, that's not working? Okay. But by then it was like strip sack, momentum, Dallas, you're down by 13 points or whatever. Derrissaw comes out of the game. So just uh, th- their plan was very very clearly give Kirk time and comfort in the first drive or two that he's not going to have to run for his life for three hours. And then we can maybe start to mix in some more of the 11 personnel, split them out, whatever. Yep. So very, it was a very, I thought it was a very smart psychological chess move for his quarterback. Whether it was Kevin O'Connell or whoever else, maybe it was a Wes Phillips decision. But let's load it up. Let's get Munt over here. Let's get Hawkinson over there. Let's max protect or max chipping and uh, make Kirk feel comfortable. Max chipping, that's right. Football. Oh, mm-hmm. I've never heard Max chipping before. That's very mm-hmm. good. Well, when you have two tight ends out, um, one on each side, yeah. and they're both chipping, I would say that I, constitutes Max. Max yeah. <laughs> so, and and I, I think, too, off that, that point, they came out very wisely with, with the quick passing game, but as it became clear that, that the line was actually doing a good job, they actually, I think, then settled into – okay, Jefferson at 8 yards is great, or 5 yards is great, but Jefferson at 21 yards is better, and so they they were able to go back to an actual passing game, too. So, yeah, 10% goes to an offensive line that was well-prepared and did a great job. Okay. All right, so we're down to the final three pieces of pie. So 85% of the pie left here, too. Yeah, very interesting. Get ready for some big, big slices. 20%. Goes to Kirk Cousins. Uh, didn't get off to a great start. Didn't get off to a terrible start. But the first quarter pick was bad. Threw some very questionable passes. Certainly didn't play a great overall game necessarily. But again, executed when it mattered the most. And off the one sack, I want to bring this up. Because if Kirk had butchered this one, we talk about it and probably criticize him. He got sacked on a blindside heavy hit. Like, that was not a hit that he saw coming. It was the exact type of hit that Kirk often fumbles on. And you know what he did? Getting hit from the blindside, he got that football cradled and and protected. Uh, Kirk did. That's a very subtle thing, but it's absolutely huge. I, I mean, that, that was a game-turning type of play if he fumbles. He didn't. Kirk Cousins did a lot of things that a winning quarterback does well last night. He Mm -hmm. did them. So 20% goes to Kirk. 
because in my opinion, despite the pick and despite the fact that there were times when he certainly didn't play great, he threw some weird passes. There was one on a screen where it went to, let me see, nobody. Uh, he also did a lot of he did a lot of good things, and as we talked about before, six fourth quarter comebacks. You cannot dismiss that. Yeah, he yeah, so on the six fourth quarter comebacks in his first four years as Vikings quarterback, he had a total of six fourth quarter comebacks. Yeah, in four years, and some of that is also there were there were a couple games where you know if if the field goal kicker makes a thirty seven yarder or, but that happens to every quarterback. There's going to be two or three games where the defense gives it back or something. But he's already matched his total six fourth-quarter comebacks from the first four years of his Vikings career. And, uh, yeah, so I'll, some people might take issue with only 20%, but we'll hear out the rest of your pie. There's a reason for this. Yeah, okay. yeah, okay. yeah. This is well thought out, folks. I didn't stay up all night long so that you could question me, okay? All right, 65% of uh, the pie is left. But, no, it doesn't go to one person. 25% goes to Kevin O'Connell for all of the reasons that Phil and I stated in our hottest Vikings take. I mean, Kevin O'Connell, four days after the Dallas loss, brought his team back. They were mentally prepared to play. The game plan was altered and much improved. Um, a lot of football coaches can't adjust that quickly. 25% goes to a, a guy who, who did and a guy who is more and more proving that this is no fluke. I mean, are the Vikings getting luck at times? Absolutely. You need luck. But Kevin O'Connell is also pushing on a consistent basis a lot of the right buttons. 25% of the pie goes to KOC. Love it. Yeah, And we already did a deep dive into him, so yeah, yeah. we'll get, get to the final slice here. And the final 40%. Mm. So I think we could debate. I think we could go back and forth on lots of things in a game like this. You know... If you had player X a quarterback instead of Kirk, do you win, right? Like, there's a lot of, like, things that you could go back and forth on, you know, Cousins, anyone could have won that, you know, and I'd be like, no, I don't think so, but, you know, I can't definitively say that that uh, if they, they don't have Kirk that they don't win that game. But 40% goes to the one guy who there's no debate about. You can't debate it. Um, flat out, if you take him off the field and replace him with a good player last night, you don't win that game. Justin Jefferson, 40%. There is just, as I said on Ventline last night, we're watching greatness. We are watching greatness. When we're watching, like, everybody else, we're watching a, a football team that's fun and certainly some very good players. I'm not denigrating them. Uh, but when you see greatness, you know it. And 40% goes to a guy uh, who is catching passes in, in some cases, including the one that set up the Thielen touchdown that he has no business catching. Uh, and he's doing it, and he's making it look routine. And Sports Dad cautions you, don't take this for granted. This is special. Don't take this for granted, because, you know, you start to see this, and you're like, of course he caught it. He's Justin Jefferson. No, no. This this man in, in June, I believe, to a magazine nationally said, Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the National Football League right now. It is my goal to take over that mantle by 2022. That's great to say it. That's a yeah. lot of talk. And in all cases, it would be like, okay, you know, congratulations, JJ. He's doing it. 40%. No no debate to me. 
I mean, is there anyone at this point that would say Devontae Adams is, is currently better than Justin Jefferson? It was it was a discussion. Maybe some of it's going from playing with Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. MVP-level Rodgers, to Derek Carr. That does matter. Sure. But couldn't you make the same case for – I mean, C- Cousins is good, but Cousins is closer to the Derek Carr range than he is to, like, MVP Aaron Rodgers range. Yeah. So that's another thing to consider here, and this is not to be Kirk Slater. Later. I'm just saying, like, what if you put Justin Jefferson with, like, Patrick Mahomes yes. or something? Um, it's just an incredible season so far. And then I remember back to some of those dark seasons where, you know, like 10 years ago where the Vikings wide receivers, this is po- obviously post Moss and, uh, you had Percy Harvin for a couple years, but your number one wide receiver was like Greg Jennings or Jerome Simpson or before that, when you had, uh, was it the 2006 Vikings where, like, Travis Taylor was your number one receiver? Yeah. Or Bobby Wade led the yeah. team? Marcus and, Robinson. Yeah. yeah Bobby been some, Wade. It's been a, historically a great wide receiver franchise, but there have been a couple little two, three-year blips in the last 20 years when Moss left or, yep. you know, you're kind of stuck with, like, injured Sidney Rice and and they've had barren cupboards, and it's just such a difference to have a guy like this. And... Adam Thielen slotting in as your number two. I mean, he's just he's basically just a possession, no yak guy at this yeah. point. And he was limping around yesterday, too. Yep. But he caught nine passes, got open in the red zone. And one more thing that kind of circles back to, to Kirk and I think the KOC influence. It's very obvious that they are subscribing to get the ball to your best players as often as possible. And your best players are Justin Jefferson, number one, two, three. But then Adam Thielen has very reliable hands, still runs great routes, and TJ Hawkinson. 73% of Kirk's targets were to those three guys yesterday. Mm-hmm. And then he sprinkled in a little. There's a Jalen Rager 25-yarder, and then K.J. Osborne gets a couple targets. He had you know three or four uh, like screen pass a attempts. Cool whip. To, <laughs> you can't, can't have pie without, pie without cool, cool whip. whip. <laughs> Dalvin Cook gets a couple, but 73% yeah. of targets to the three guys that are the most impactful pass catchers, which is exactly what you want this to look like. Ordinarily, um, in, in fact... This relates directly to the 2009 Vikings with Favre. Ordinarily, the quarterback makes the receiver. Favre made made Rice. Like Sidney was a nice player when healthy, but Favre made him. Um, very, in my opinion, it very few times does one receiver make the quarterback. And again, this is not Kirk hating, but think about it. Think about what. Justin Jefferson does, and and the confidence, like Favre to a fault was confident. I can make those passes. Maybe Kirk's not like that. Kirk is like, I don't know about that. And I and Justin Jefferson is so damn good that they basically O'Connell has said no, he's never covered. Right? Yeah. Like think about how many times have you thought to yourself the receiver is actually making the quarterback much more so than the quarterback is making the, the receiver. Yeah. We had this discussion one time a while back on Mackie and Judd for like an hour on our radio show. And we came up with a couple examples like Calvin Johnson made young Matthew Stafford better than he would have been early in his career. Right. Good one. Great one. Um, there's a few other guys here and there. Larry Fitzgerald with some of those weird Cardinals quarterbacks. They they had a run of like Ryan Lindley and some other guys. Uh, and I and I would say that I think Kirk's accuracy when given protection is also elevating Justin Jefferson. So there, 
some of these throws are like drop-in-a-bucket throws. That one last night, too, double coverage with a safety over the top, like 30 yards down the field. And he underthrew it a little bit, but I think he underthrew it on purpose because there was a safety sprinting over from the top, and it winds up just falling right. There, oh, so there are throw. some drop-in-the-bucket throws yes. here. Yes. But, yes, it's nice when you can just reliably throw to a guy who's double-covered or have a guy like last night. It was kind of a hockey assist for Jefferson on the Thielen touchdown. Jefferson's running across from left to right. If you watch that play back, yes. there were three defenders covering or trailing him, and Thielen just breaks wide open in the back toward the back right pylon, throws his hand up. And uh, and so then it was just Justin's existence, Justin Jefferson's existence on the field running a route that opened up something for another player. On K.J. Osborne's touchdown catch at, at uh, uh, the bank against the Bears, same thing, right? Didn't two or three bears just all peel off and go with Je- mm-hmm. with Jefferson and like KJ is streaking across the m- middle of the field wide open. So yeah, the thing with Kirk is Kirk gets a lot of credit, but Kirk never in his Vikings career until now, and, and it's partially because of his coach as well. But he has never before trusted himself consistently to make the throws that we've all said he he can make. But now, especially under pressure. Coming back in the fourth quarter, he's making him to Jefferson way more consistently, too. That's my thing. He's never made these throws as a Viking consistently because I think that that there was, and probably rightfully so at times, some doubt about the intended targets. With Jefferson, there's no doubt. No doubt. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. So there's Judd's pie chart. 40% Justin Jefferson, 25% KOC, 20% Kirk Cousins, 10% offensive line. 3% to Ryan Wright and 2% to the Patriots' stupidity. Thank you. If you guys agree or disagree, let us know in the YouTube comment section, the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Click subscribe and the like button on this episode to help spread the word about this Vikings community that you guys are helping us build. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. And uh, starting 9-2 and two and pulling out wins in the fourth quarter is a good recipe to go down that path. Uh, let's, let's do real quick. Let's do, what are we doing guy? Cause I know that you guys are going to bring this guy up anyways in nitpick. So I'm going to cut you off at the pass. So the Vikings have the most accurate field goal kicker under 50 yards in Greg Joseph. And that's great. But he is the worst kicker on 50 plus yard field goals and on extra points. He missed his, what was it? His fifth extra fifth. point last night. Fifth, yeah. So quite simply, Greg Joseph, what are you doing, guy? You're ruining, ruining games here. You're the, the, these ga- the game flows would be much different in some of these cases if they had a four point lead instead of a three point lead and and whatnot. So I guess we'll start with Declan, who has been adamant that the Vikings do not have a kicking problem. What is your commentary this morning? Yeah, I, I mean, make your GD extra points is 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 just the baseline, right? Like if he's not going to make the 50 yards, even though you're going to have to probably kick one of those in a big time moment, I get that. Um, yes, between zero and 49 yards for other field goals, he's been money, G money, as uh, Matt Daniels calls him. But, you know, th- the way that they're missing these kicks, it also still forces them to be aggressive. It, it, the same thing happened again. If he would have made that extra point, they would have been up by one. No. They would have been looking at it in a different way. I, I, That's ridiculous. You're not going to also, you're not going to fight. Okay, people. Where, where is, where is the right kicker? Now. Where is the kicker you're going to find? Where is the kicker? Oh, just go find him. I would make the case 
The thing I'm more worried about is not Greg Joseph missing extra points. I'm more worried about Ed Donichel's defense giving up 400 yards to one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. It, it, the kicking is what it is at this point. You're not going to find someone off the street. You know what you are? You you are you are the guy building the high rise and ignoring the fire codes. <laughs> ah, this place is never going to catch you on fire. Right? Yeah, just leave yeah. leave the That's you what know insurance what? is for. Just because that oh, just because the exit door on the seventy eighth floor doesn't work, what are we not going to open for business? Insurance. And you know what? Almost every okay, day of the insurance. week, you're right. But the one day you're wrong, it's a catastrophe. This team is tempting fate. We all know it. Well, if you're looking for a guiding hand for your business, if you feel like there's trouble on the horizon or you need help navigating choppy waters or you just want to maximize the success of your business, Federated has been around for over 100 years doing just that, being a great guiding hand, a great offensive line for your business. You can find out more at federatedinsurance.com. They're one of us, so to speak, based in Owatonna, Minnesota. They also help businesses outside the state of Minnesota. Federated Insurance dot com where it's our business to protect yours okay to your to your general question here like who would who would they find that could be better i would argue that there are there are guys on couches that can be accurate under 50 yards and make a higher percentage of extra points dan bailey is probably one of them like there's there's guys out there that just to put this into context greg joseph no other kicker has missed more than three extra points. Only two other kickers have missed three extra points. Cairo Santos with the Bears and uh, Jason Sanders with the Dolphins. Joseph has missed five, and it's become a chronic problem now. It's like one a week, it seems like. And on the 50-yard field goals, the league average remains around 70%. He's one of six. So it's like the, the bar is not, you need a guy that can bomb 56-yard field goals at a consistent rate. The bar is, can someone just make an extra point on a regular basis? So, no, I don't think there's a bunch of Pro Bowl kickers sitting around. But if this continues, and I don't know, like, it's it has continued. It's been 11 weeks. I don't know what else. I mean, he kind of is what he is at this point. So you can either go with Declan's theory, which is there's other problems, whatever. There's other problems. Or you can trust Sports Dad and say, this is a catastrophe waiting to happen in the divisional round of, the playoffs and the franchise has seen the writing on the wall before. So at the very least, shouldn't you work out kickers in your 10 day? You have three extra days to bring some guys in after Thanksgiving. Yeah. I'm, I'm very worried about this. Are you I, just dying on this Hill because you don't want, you don't want to move off your take from a month ago. I don't, I don't, I don't need to move off it yet. I don't need to move off the take oh. yet, but your take is the Vikings don't have a kicking problem. They don't have a kicking problem. They're then no, the no team in the NFL has a kicking problem. They have a kicking problem. People so you're saying you're saying that no team in the NFL has a kicking problem. Teams miss extra points. It ha- it's happening more and more and more. They're not. It's not crippling them. They're nine and two. If they were four and five, if they were losing they're, games by one point, they're not. It's not they, a problem. But they're going to lose a tight game when you have to have a fifty-plus yard f- field goal or all your PATs in the playoffs. That's the thing. It's not the regular season. It's the cautionary tale. You're being warned. Your car has been recalled, and it probably won't blow up. <laughs> but you know what? You're ignoring the recall. The ground, Greg maybe. Joseph has a recall on but are him. You, what are you? I'm just trying to dig to the core of this. Are you? What is your loyalty to Greg Joseph? I guess it's not. It's if, if it was like if it was Ryan Longwell and he has a 10 year track record and he's having a bad year, I would say 
yeah, he has 10 years of being this great kicker. Let's let, let's let him iron out a bad 10 week stretch. What is your loyalty to Greg Joseph? I mean, I don't have a loyalty much to Greg Joseph. And to be honest, I loathe kickers. Like I, I would want, I want blitz football. I want to click X and I get the extra point. All right. Like I, the Vikings would like that. They would love that. Right. I, I I would love that to happen, but they're, they're nine and two. And I'm not looking at a kicking problem as, as it's, it's hurting the Vikings yet. And but they're not nine and two because of Greg Joseph. They're, they're nine, nine and two, two despite team, Greg Joseph. Their offense and Kirk Cousins has been awesome. Kicker has not costed them games yet. It hasn't oh. happened. It hasn't sports, happened. Sports dad is just. There are two losses where they got their asses kicked. Against, oh man, have you they watched got this the, franchise? When, when, when they got their asses kicked by the Cowboys, I can't believe Greg Joseph wasn't. Have, have you watched kick. this franchise though? Like your che- is... your check engine light has been on for a month. Uh-huh. God is just, sending just like, you a man. sign and you're ignoring it. I'm fine. We'll see. We'll see what yeah. He's gonna. It's gonna. It's gonna bite him square in the ass at some point in time. Uh, all right. Well, that that was also kind of a nitpick there. But what do you, Greg Joseph? What are you doing, guy? Come on, dude. You're a professional kicker. Stop missing extra points. Uh, let's make one one nitpick slap around the room. When, right. when the Vikings win, we do nitpicks. When they lose, we do silver linings to, to keep it balanced. Judd. All right. So uh, I saw Dex tweeted this last night, and we haven't talked about it much, but um, I referenced one particular play involving it the vikings screen game is atrocious yeah it's the worst but how like the screen i mean i mean you would think that kevin o'connell would have a great screen game and they've got guys that are predisposed to being great in the screen game and we've seen it work i am shocked i am absolutely shocked it looks inept it gets no yards i mean it's the screen game it's designed to okay Here's a pass of four yards, and now you've chunked ten. Um, it's a nitpick that is maddening to watch because I feel like this team has often been really good in that exact area. The screen game is my nitpick and probably uh, my big time gripe right now. It, it all, even defending it, they're they're horrible. At it, and it's one thing, you know, like the Vikings defense is a little older, it's slower, it's in a shell coverage, so maybe that's why teams are successful against them when they're running so many screen plays. And to be honest, I would love to hear what Kevin O'Connell would say about it. Even Booney. I, I mean, there is it the offensive line not selling it enough? Are they not getting off the ball quick enough? Is Kirk holding on to the ball too long? There's clearly some fundamental flaw. There's yeah. there's some there's some execution fundamental flaw in it, and it it, it is infuriating to watch because you get it sniffed out every single time. The Thielen one was weird because it, it that's the one that everything was all set up and Kirk just threw it to nobody. But it was clearly supposed to go to Thielen, and he didn't curl back or something. There's nobody else over there. It was supposed to go to Thielen. It looks awful. So did did he not get the memo in the huddle? I don't. It was. Weird. It is weird. You they have a lot of guys too that are versatile, like they're these receivers that are kind of shifty that can beat you know linebackers in in space and uh, Dalvin Cook. Although that that brings me to my my nitpick here. Uh, there's been two or three games this season where Dalvin Cook has looked, well, like his namesake, cooked. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass. So he, he touched the ball 26 times for 56 yards last night. On the ground, he was 22 carries for 42 yards. One of the worst games of his career in terms of just output. 1.9 yards per attempt. He also had that Eagles game where he ran only six times, but for 17 yards. Um, so there's there's been some games where he's just looked... Even at Washington, it was like two yards a carry. 
He doesn't. Last night he looked like he was operating at maybe fifty percent. He was slow to get up off the ground. Yep. So maybe it's just a guy with a ton of wear and tear on a short week, and he was just kind of destined to look that way. I do think that just the process of handing off that many times helped the offensive line in pass protection, set up some play action. So uh, I do agree with their tactic to at least run into the line of scrimmage twenty times with Dalvin Cook, but Dalvin was. Uh, Dalvin was not peak Dalvin last night, but now he has 10 days to recover. So, The one thing I don't get is Ma- Madison is is a viable option. Like, he is not a – it's not like he's a, a, a you know, a clear-cut to, oh, I wouldn't play him much. I guess I don't understand why they don't give him more opportunities and try and split the carries a bit more just to keep Cook fresh. That did seem weird. Um not exactly sure what the thinking is there, but I do think that going forward, you definitely could come up with, with an alternative of, hey, let's keep Cook to, I don't know, 16 carries. I mean, Madison had three last night. Yeah. There, there was in the series that Judd's talking about, like they've done this all year where Madison comes in and he's going to be the back for this series. But then yeah. once they cross, like what, Judd, I think like into the 30, then they put Dalvin back in, which I guess like, all right, you're getting, you're getting closer to the red zone. You probably do want your better playmakers out there, but they just kind of like, all right, thanks, Alex. Thanks for getting us, you know, halfway there, and now we're going to say goodbye and use Dalvin Cook. I would just just stick with Madison. I don't think it's that that crazy. So on the season, Dalvin is averaging 16 attempts per game, which I believe is a career low. Yep. Okay. Um, well, he was fine. he well, but he was 20. But last night was way over his workload yes. ordinarily. 2018, they had him down to like 12 attempts per game. There's some injury. He's coming back from an injury. Um, so this is, he, he was averaging two years ago, 22 attempts per game. And oh, now, yeah. he's, now he's way, way down from there. So get, I, I think 16 is kind of the sweet spot for him in 2022. Once you get, especially on a short week, to go up that high for him, just doesn't seem like it. He's not back to, right? I got to think he's gone. It's hard to move off it. Like the, the, there's some, there's not a lot of wiggle room with, I mean, you can, you save a little bit, but. It's going to yeah. be tough. You have to yeah. swallow them. Yeah. A lot of money. Uh, any other uh, quick nitpicks, Dex? Anybody? Dex, good? Uh, no, the, the 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 screenplay, and I guess the little one would be just how did we not dial up more pressure against Mac Jones until basically the last few series in the game? That was just kind of mind blowing to me. Some people were saying too, and I have to go back. Maybe PFF can deliver us this here in the next few hours. But that the Patriots strategically were like getting the ball out in an average of like under two seconds until later in the game when they had to do some deeper drops. And then once they got away from the, the quicker drops, the Vikings did get pressure, but yeah, Mac Jones had the well, probably the best game of his career, right? 380 yeah. and some yeah. touchdowns and stuff. Yeah. That's okay. When you got Kirko chains in the fourth well, quarter, it doesn't right. really matter. The defense was a problem, but I mean, I, I don't know when, when you are down to your, fourth string right cornerback and Zadarius Smith now is banged up. There's no question. Like, yes, there are problems. I I think schematically, and yes, there are probably some not great scheme fit guys, but the Zadarius Smith knee to me is a real issue. Cause I mean, he was all world for, I mean, he was unbelievable. He was, he, he was probably in the running at one point, for defensive player of the year in the league with the way that he was. He, he was playing. And what, Phil, the last two or three weeks, he's playing, but it's not the same. Yep, it's definitely, and he's kind of limping around. So that's something to watch. I don't know if a, a longer week of rest can help 
get him back closer to 100% or if it's just a thing he's going to be dealing with. But thank you guys for hanging out with us here. We appreciate you on this Thanksgiving and Black Friday. If you missed Ventline from last night, um, it was uh, largely a celebration. So, so check it out on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. And, uh, yeah, we're going to make Judd wave the flag one more time here. We have to. (laughs) 